today on Laura Lynn and Friends. In the year 2000, all the hits jumped from love and relationships. And in the year 2000, while we are looking at Y2K, all the songs became about drugs and sex and partying. And that was intentional. So they're capturing the minds through the arts. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laurel and Tyler Thompson. And uh, it's very exciting, it really is. The world is going crazy. I don't know if it's the apocalypse yet, but uh, I've decided that I'm gonna have a good time no matter what happens, no matter what all the crazy people do, I'm gonna have a good time. And you, uh, if you watch the show, you know that every single day I start by reading from my dad's Bible. My dad passed away uh, just over two years ago. And uh, he was an incredible mentor and a man who taught me to be solid as a rock in times of trouble. Uh, if you wonder how I do this every day with all the information that we get that is earth shattering, I do it because my dad taught me to be strong. And so I opened this Bible and he has underlined from stem to stern. Today I opened it up. Guess what? I, I have, it is so funny the way it all works, but you know, I opened it up and I just kind of flicked and then I looked down, I see UN, UN and this is what my dad has underlined. So we're gonna be talking about, with Jody and with Chris today, we're gonna to be talking about the UN. And I opened my dad's book. Every day it seems like he's prophetic. From, from the grave, my father speaks with what he underlined. So take a look at this. So this is in Psalms 118, verses nine to 12. This is it. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. No kidding, eh? Can you trust any prince or prime minister or president? Can you trust anyone anymore? No. Look at here in 10. Exciting. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. Nonviolently, of course. And in verse 11, they compassed me about, yea, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Nonviolently, of course. 12, they compassed me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Nonviolently, of course. <gasps> You know what? Are we going to have to destroy what is coming against us as sovereign people? Are we going to have to pay attention to what they're trying to do to us? Do we believe the Club of Rome when they talk openly about depopulation? What, what do we make of all of that? I think when people tell you who they are, you should believe them. Well, my guest today decided to pay very close attention to what was going on in the world. And this is a, an amazing couple of people. You're going to love them. And uh, if you've uh, seen their broadcast, uh, you, you know that they love to dig deep and figure out what's happening and share it with you. Okay, so we're going to have them on the show today. Uh, Jody Ledgerwood, Ledgerwood and Chris Vleck. Jody is a mama bear and a freedom fighter. She's a warrior and anti-vax Karen. She wears that proudly, which I think is fantastic. All right, she's a staunch supporter of human rights, free will, the rule of law, education, protecting our children, empowering people, sharing truth, and organizing events are some of the things she is well known for. Uh, Chris is a 25-year communications strategist. Chris 
uh, had been a stand-up comic, which is fascinating. Chris, I hope you're very funny today, although I don't know if anything's funny right now, (sighs) except for that terrible weather that we had on Saturday. Founder of an advertising agency. Uh, He's a social media officer for the provincial government. What? What's that about? Author and screenwriter. He is one of the co-founders of Justice for the Vaccinated and co-host of the Fringe Majority live cast with his partner, Jody Ledgerwood. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. That is quite a list. Uh, Chris, are, are you funny now when you have to? Do, you're not a stand-up comedy guy anymore, <laughs> but are you funny on, on your show at all? No, I stopped funny being funny once I had kids. So <laughs> I just got to tired right away. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe once you realized what was going on in the world, it's it's a little bit less funny, right? So, Jody, thank you very much. Thanks for being a mama bear. I am also a mama bear. And uh, we formed an organization actually called Mama Bears that I should tell you about sometime. But uh, just to fight for the kids and against uh, some of the nonsense that that we have going on in our exactly. in our country. Is that important to you? Do you see sort of the the indoctrination, the propaganda that our kids have to go through. 100% I do. And that's the whole reason why I got into this being at the time a single mom of of three. um, I've been very much heavily involved in my children, their extracurricular activities, their schooling activities, their personal lives. Uh, So when this all came about, uh, I became a ferocious advocate for all children because I know not all children have parents that are necessarily involved or understand what's going on. So I decided to be their voice and ran, I'm from Ontario, I ran all kinds of activities, especially when the government said the kids couldn't play anymore unless they were vaccinated. I started, uh, I shut down the streets in Toronto and held Shitty Night. I believe I was on your show uh, talking about Shitty Night in Canada. And we had over 250 kids playing street hockey and basketball in the streets of Toronto. I've I've done that a couple of times. I've put on events for children. Um, when the government said they couldn't play at playgrounds, we were out, me and my my friends were out pulling down the caution tapes off of playgrounds and holding family picnics and all that sort of stuff. So uh, they, they started wow. calling me Mama Bear here in Ontario before there was a Mama Bear's group. Very <laughs> so. good. You're like a predecessor. You led the way. So, so you would actually pull down all that ridiculous yellow tape uh, around all the playgrounds. Wasn't that mentalville that we all lived through? Right? I, I was walking my dogs, you know, and I would just look at it and just go, what a pile of nonsense this is. No kids That's getting exactly COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Now we went in, we ripped down all the caution tape and the neighbors were standing there calling the police. Oh my gosh. And the police would show up and we're like, no, you get out of here. We're playing. You get out of here. And then more and more families started joining us. And then we started just going to all the different parks in the Durham region and uh, more and more people joined us and it, it became a weekly event and an incredible event for all the kids to still get socialized. It was awesome. Wow. So, so did, did you get tickets or get in trouble like from the, uh, crazy, uh, you know, Nazi police people that we've had to deal with? Like, um, you know what, we would do this without permits and I know everybody wants to grab a permit for 
for whatever rally protest event that they're putting on. I, I'm someone that says, I'm not asking for permission. Yeah. We never asked for permission to play street hockey in the past. Why would I ask now? I'm just going to do it. This is our park. Our tax dollars paid for nice. I'm just going to do it. So I never got tickets until I held uh, a church service at the beach. I had Pastor Henry Hildebrandt and the Church of God come to Oshawa. We put on a big church service. We did a vaccine vigil. We had some music and, and some speakers and a big picnic in the park. It was fantastic. It was an entire Sunday. And that one that I was had ticket worthy. Uh, 100%. That <laughs> one I had to pull a permit for because the city of Oshawa, when we started advertising it, started calling the Church of God and pestering them. Uh, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt and his son Herbert for permits. They weren't going to let them come in and do a church service in the park. So I did pull a permit for that one. That's the only one that I actually got tickets for. And I followed their rules and still got tickets. Wow. I know. It's, it's, you know, what we've been through has been absolute insanity. And of course, they were just preparing us for worse. You know, Chris, there was a guy in California. He was paddle boarding by himself and he got a ticket. If you remember yeah. the crazy things like that, That's you know? Right. Yeah, just... or the kid in uh, Calgary who got, uh, who got taken down for skating yeah. by himself on a pond. Right. And they took him down and tackled him. A kid. Yes. Was, uh, oh. female cops, I think, that took him down. You so know, it's all, just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And all that kind of stuff kind of gave us like post-traumatic stress disorder to see police officers and those, you know, you teach your children to have respect for authority. And then you're like, yeah, don't listen to anything they say and like stay away from them. You know, that's what happened to our perspective on, uh, you know, authority figures. We, we um, unfortunately lost a lot. Now, I hope that we can um, learn uh, and move forward, but un I'm not seeing necessarily that things are getting much better. Uh, and I, I did just the other day see someone once again with a mask in their car by themselves, uh, fully masked. And I thought, oh, we're, are we not over this? You know? Now, you guys did something incredible. Uh, you knew that there was some sort of, tell me what it was and what made you decide to go. It was being held in New York City and it was about like the UN agendas? Yes. Yeah, it was the Sustainable Development Goals Summit in New York. And the reason we went is because of this pile of paper. This was Agenda 21. Uh, Jody downloaded it because we wanted to go through it page by page. And that led to downloading more and more uh, documents that they kept referencing. And I think we're up to about 1,500 pages here. So the, the whole UN agenda is very intricate, uh, very complex, and it is reliant on a framework that's been around since the 40s. So untangling all that is very difficult. So Jody, Jody saw this summit coming up and said, we need to go to New York. And I said, well, I don't want to go to New York. And uh, so True we ended story. up going to New York. That's how negotiations work in, uh, in a relationship. So. Well, to be fair, I did have a WestJet credit that I didn't know I had from 2021 when they kicked me off their flight for refusing to wear a mask and they put me on a no-fly list for a year and they refused wow. to refund me the money. And then, so me being a dog with a bone, I, I kept hounding them for my credit or, or something. And then finally in June of this year, they said, oh, actually you do have a credit of $1,800, but you have until July to use it. So it was, oh my gosh, where are we going, Chris? And New then York, I, here we go. 
here we come and boy yeah. did we come yeah we went yeah. with the understanding that we would have a pass from an ngo a local ngo here so we thought we were going to get into the big show inside the united nations and unfortunately that didn't come through and we were disappointed for the first day and then we realized that we actually had a better opportunity and we hadn't seen it coming and that is instead of watching the world leaders go and talk and that's all televised and fully covered by a bunch of people. Uh, we ended up going to the smaller events that are actually run by the people who are gonna put the SDG goals in place. So they're the ones that are driving Agenda 2030. So these are the businesses and the, uh, the ambassadors and the mayors and you know CEOs and media specialists. So they're all talking about how they're going to make this plan happen by 2030. And we have to give a big shout out to James Roguski, uh, who's been working really, really hard on the WHO's pandemic treaty. He, I subscribed to his newsletter and I got his newsletter saying, hey, if anybody's in New York City during this week, click on this button and get yourself into this meeting. It's open to the public. So I clicked on the button knowing that Chris and I were going for the UN summit in particular. And when I clicked on that button, I got tickets, but it also opened up an avenue to all these other meetings. So I just went crazy signing us up for all these meetings. So I had to sign up for 21 meetings. Um, and in three days. We in three days. Point that out. And days. none of the meetings were in the same place. They were all over New York City. So for three days, we literally really? spent our time hopping on uh, buses and subways and running down the street mm -hmm. to make all these meetings Splitting happen. Splitting up and getting back together and yeah. So, so wow. we filmed Now more. why would they not be holding this in the same location for ease of everyone attending? Uh, different, different companies were putting them on. So oh. the, we ended up in the Dutch consulate and uh so they were all uh politicians and ambassadors and and those types of people and they're talking about how to drive policy forward and then we went to another place called futura and they're kind of leading the way in marketing and advertising and um, pushing it forward on um they really are big on behavioral change uh so so they were doing those we went into one meeting about finances in um in the one world trade center and that's something we like to highlight. It isn't, that isn't the address. It is the One World Trade Center. So the uh, Twin Towers came down and after they came down, they erected one building and called it the One World Trade Center. So it's quite the monument. Yeah, the security to get in there was absolutely insane. We actually had to show our passport. They took pictures of us. They did a little background check and then they escorted us up in one elevator that was designed only to go to that floor that we were going to. Pretty terrible background check, if you ask me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're hiding anything. No. Right. Yeah, wow. It was in another building was all of the doctors and healthcare people. And then several of the universities also had uh, stuff happening at their campuses. Did right. you so have to pay? Did you have to pay to go to any of this? No, no. And no. it's open to the public. It was if you wanted to sign up for it. So we signed up like the day they came out, we were signing up like crazy. They, they filled up fast. Like they only had so many spots. Some of the buildings only had room for 50 to 100 people. Some of the, the Dutch consulate, I think they were a little bit more lenient. But um, we were on the waiting list for several of the of the meetings and then they came through as we were there saying oh here's your invite but you've got 15 minutes to accept it or it's on to the next person. Right. Um, 
But oh, wow. we ended up sneaking into a bunch anyway. We yeah. would sneak back in when they didn't see us. <laughs> right. So we, we just kept it going. Yeah. 15 minute <laughs> invites for 15 minute city uh, uh, lessons. Um, so, so this sounds fascinating. So more people should try to get to this if they can. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm just learning from you guys. And I mean, I'd love to go to something like this and cover it firsthand. We need to get everybody who's doing independent media to become a force to be reckoned with, you know, and I love this about, um, you know, press for truth, Dan Dix, he, he goes to places we've got rebel news and, and all of them that like to get around and, you know, more and more, I think that's where it's at, is we just can't rely on everyday media. We have to get our news and our understanding from folks like yourself, folks like us, those who are there telling the truth, boots on the ground. So, yeah, I'd like to keep my eye on stuff like that. That That's terrific that you did it, and thank you for your service to this nation. So what what did you end up finding out, you guys? What, what was it like? Well, you know, I walked away extremely encouraged yeah. because mm-hmm. what you don't see in the marketing. So you go to the UN and they tell you everything that they want you to hear in the meetings and in the coffee meetings between meetings where you're just talking casually to people. We discovered that this is not an unwinnable war. Uh, number one, they've been pushing their targets back 10 years because of what they they claim is misinformation and disinformation, which means all you amazing keyboard warriors that are getting the information out there, you're actually disrupting their plans. So for starters, that's something really important to highlight that this isn't a giant global machine and there's nothing you can do about it. We are doing things and we're winning that war. And they actually held this summit on Antonio Guterres's word saying, we're failing. And we need to speed up the plans now. And so we need to have a summit. And that's how this summit was born. And that's what caught our attention is because uh, we, we found out through that, that something's not working for them. So we felt that going to those meetings, we would get to figure out the inner workings. And you know what? We found out that this is just a, it's a facade. Mm-hmm. It's all fake. And I feel joy. <laughs> I feel so good. Like they're so stupid. You, you, you watch them and you go, I think you're really stupid because what you're doing is not working. Like people are not following along. In fact, Biden's going to lose grotesquely, I think coming up because even the African-Americans won't vote for him anymore. But it's this, all this agenda is about letting, you know, mass migration uh, through your borders and not having sovereign nations. Like it, it doesn't make sense. It is stupid stupid. So what you're saying that it's not really working and they're a big gong show, that makes me feel good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everybody says we're in an info war and we are winning the info war. Yes. So that's why we're freaking out. That's why these Palestinian activists have been activated in our countries. Uh, You know, you should always ask yourself who's doing the activating. So, um, so we walked away with that. And then we found out things like it just takes one company to drive it forward and all of the other companies fall in line. So for example, Amazon says they want to get to net zero. They tell all their suppliers and all the people who who, uh, uh, sell on Amazon that they have to be net zero compliant. Those guys freak out because they don't have the money to sustain uh, the storm of getting over to the climate 
climate agenda. So they freak out and they start trying to comply because they can't lose their clients like Amazon or Apple and, you know, and Costco and whatnot. And you discovered something the other day with that, with the article. Um, we, we had said that this is how they're going to drive it forward. And, and oh. Jody discovered an article saying that Amazon and, and Apple, uh, Amazon, Apple and Walmart um, were now forcing their partners in business to go into net zero and start using renewable resources and renewable companies for their um, for their business solutions, or they were going to exile them from their mark from their shipping distribution centers. Um, so what we heard back in September was this exact plan. It's time to push the bigger conglomerates to put the pressure on all the little guys because the rest of us, us, us people, normal everyday people did not bite the carrot. We did not comply. So now they've got to go at it a different route. So they're going to force the businesses to go after the businesses, which will then eat us little people. But not only that, they're also going after the banks. So banks don't typically invest in not or in green energy type companies because green companies, it costs too much to be a green company and they typically go under. They don't sustain themselves. So banks don't typically lend to or invest with green energy type companies. So what they're doing now is the Amazons and the Googles and the Walmarts, all the big conglomerates are now going to force instead, one, the banks to start only investing in net zero companies or, or carbon friendly companies. They are now starting to ask to see their carbon credit scores. And upon seeing their carbon credit scores, we'll decide whether they'll continue doing business with them or not. And they're unfortunately for these businesses, the way the carbon credit score is set up is it's not just how you run your individual business. It also includes your customers and all of your vendors that you work with, who you ship with. So it's not just your credit score. It's everybody you do business with or that's in your um, in your sphere of influence. Their credit scores will impact your credit score. So now it's just the domino effect of the businesses um, demanding of the banks, the banks now demanding of their customers and so on and so forth until it gets down to us little guys. And right. if you don't fall within that certain carbon credit score that is acceptable, they'll stop doing business with you. And we know, you know, FedEx, UPS, um, any of these little independent drivers that drive for Amazon, that's their sole source of income. So if they're driving a gas guzzler and Amazon is, decided they're only going to deal with uh, companies that deal with electric vehicles and their employees that only drive electric vehicles, then they're out of business. Mm -hmm. So they're now going to start complying. They're going to change all of their transportation systems into electric, and then they're going to demand that their employees or they only hire employees that also drive electric so that their carbon credit score is not negatively affected by their employees or who they do business with, which in turn will allow them to keep that Amazon contract. Right. Wow. So this is what they're doing. And, or this is how that, what they said they were going to do in September, that was going to be their new strategy to get everybody on board to net zero. And lo and behold, it was announced it yesterday or a couple of days ago that they are now doing it. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, 
we were there when they were making this plan, when they, they threw it out there. They um, told you. Exactly. Yeah. And also they know that not every company is going to voluntarily do this because they've let us voluntarily do things for the last three years and people didn't buy into it. So there, those companies are now being called upon to knock on their government's door and lobby them yes. for net zero and carbon credit scoring. So New York, when we were there, just introduced bill um, 97 which means anyone who owns a building of 25,000 square feet or more has to now it's mandatory for them to report their carbon credit scoring and if they are over a certain threshold they're now fined by the city so many dollars per kilograms of carbon credit scoring they're over so again this isn't just what their building uses but it's what their tenants use it's the vendors that their tenants also use if it's a commercial building so all of those play into that landlord's credit score right you know and we play a clip from g Everett griffin who talks about the idea that the government wants something to happen so they create a group to lobby for it and then they acquiesce they acquiesce and give the give the lobby group what they want and create a policy around it and that's exactly what they're doing here you know they're creating this agenda these companies are going in for the agenda the smaller companies can't keep up because amazon walmart uh and apple they can all weather that storm they can take losses until they make the transition their suppliers can't so then they will lobby the government for help because they can't keep up and they're going to need some sort of structure to force other companies into complying and then once they have that then they can ask for supports and so that's basically what they're doing they've created this system where they're getting they're getting the companies to to demand lobbying and then of course they're just going to give in and give them the lobbying you know another real scenario that's happening with the banks is don't forget they're implementing uh, mastercard is implementing uh the carbon credit scores as well as visa and we found out at this summit visa was talking about that and he says we'll only do it if the banks want it so it's the banks that will want this product they're not forcing it on anybody the banks have to ask for it so if a bank has to be carbon compliant that means all of their customers have to be carbon compliant so they're going to demand they're going to demand carbon uh scoring using these credit cards and this tracking system so they could demand that you are carbon compliant and if you're not you're going to get debanked and that's a very real scenario yeah. We've how seen do all we this figure out our carbon score like they actually have apps for it they're very proud of the apps that they've already developed and people are using these apps today <sighs> that tell you whether what what activity you're doing what you're eating where you're buying where you're shopping how far you're driving all of that is carbon credit scoring where you go to school it's all carbon credit scoring right. um so they're already doing this and what we as customers of visa and mastercard didn't know is visa and mastercard don't look at us as their customers their customer is actually the bank so they have actually been giving our information our shopping information to our banks and our banks have been collecting this data for a very very long time unbeknownst to us so the banks already know what kind of a carbon shopper you are and it's 
we're getting closer to the day where one Visa MasterCard won't give us our, our credit cards because it will lower their carbon score or increase their carbon credit score. So they're not going to want to keep us on as, as customers. And banks, because these big conglomerates, you know, the Amazons of the world, the Costco's, the Apple's of the world, aren't going to want to bank with these banks because it's going to bring their carbon credit score down. So the banks either have to get rid of us Mm-hmm. or change our behavioral habits of how we spend our carbon to keep us on as customers. Mm-hmm. So this is the plan now because we as people did not bite those carrots. Or as as they started saying, we've got to find a way to force these people. Oh, sorry, not force. The word is incentivize the people because they didn't <laughs> buy into the forced That's carrots true. from before. Yeah, so they they have a whole manual written about it that they were handing out well they weren't handing no, they were them handing out. these they out. were showing people this they weren't actually handing them out this one actually accidentally fell into jody's bag on the way out so we we grabbed a copy of that so they have a whole manual on how to pressure the banks and you know with the banks under pressure then they're going to be starting to be very selective about how they use you know this of course is all before cbdc's come in anyway so i don't know but they um, but they call it greening your cash or greenwashing we heard a lot of talk about greenwashing, and I had never heard the word greenwashing before, but that's essentially what it is, it is all related to carbon credit scores and, and your money. Uh, how green is your money? Are you a net zero customer or aren't you? Because if you're not, you're not going to have money. How do we stop this, guys? Uh, well, first of all, break the myth that this is un- unstoppable. It's not unstoppable. We'll give you one case study, and that is Netflix. Mm. So Netflix has an agenda. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen what's that thing that just came out, they have an agenda. End of the world or something uh, Yeah, like leave that. the world behind, uh, produced by the uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. And um, Julia Roberts. Watch that because it tells you what's happening. But they do definitely have an agenda. Netflix, by their own admission, their their sustainable energy, uh, I don't know. Person. Their CEO was was at one yeah. of the meetings we were in. Anyway, so what they do is they they tell people we want you to be you know this is this is the stuff so, the sort of project that we're green lighting. So of course, producers needing to make money, wanting to get out there, they're going to fall in with that agenda, but they don't know anything. So Netflix provides them with fact checkers to help them along with the facts. It's like green counseling. Exactly, and that's what they've called it as well, counseling. And then, um, and they said, these people don't even really know anything, so we help them along. So they fill in all the gaps, the informational gaps for them, help them with their script, and then they can get green-lighted. So that is one company that is in charge of all of these producers who may or may not be on board. They don't know, they don't care. They just want to make money. And that's how it's done. They just pick strategic points uh, along along the supply chain to drive this agenda. And for every strategic point, there's there's 4,000 people who don't even know what, what all of this means. And they don't care. They just want to make money. Exactly. We, so, we did a show on the music industry and how it's changed. And what we found when we were doing our research is that it's typically four to five producers that are writing every single artist's songs. Mm-hmm. So this is why the songs all have the same messaging is because it's four or five producers that are writing 
every single right. song lyric. You want to be on Billboard, you work with this producer and you will be on Billboard because Billboard is only dealing with these five producers and those songs are going to make it to the top 10. Right. Um, so that, so, they, so yeah, the artists, they don't care. They want to make money. They want fame. So they just go with it. But it literally is like five people making all of the pop songs for the last two decades. So they can concentrate their messaging um, throughout millions of people just by using five right. five specific people in the music industry and it's the same with the entertainment industry as a whole there's only a small handful of people that actually control everything so if, right. if they want a particular message or a narrative they hire these five people and then you will become a star or then your show will get picked up on the Netflix or CBC or whatever. But wow. it's through these five people and their controlling of the message and narrative is what will dictate your success or not. So I would suggest doing the same thing that they're doing. And that's why we wanted to go. We wanted to see what their playbook was and break it apart. And when, you know, all, all of this is just a communications plan. It's all a glorified communications plan. And once they enact that plan, you can reverse engineer it and you can start figuring out counter moves to it. And so I would suggest doing the same things that they do. You know, pressure your banks, take your money out of your bank if your bank's not gonna play ball, if it's one of those banks, put it into a, a, a local credit union with a joint bank account with two signatures. It makes it almost impossible for the government to, to take it out. Um, and then- uh, Use cash as much as possible. Yeah, That's the big thing. If they don't understand or know what your shopping habits are or what your carbon habits are, then it's a lot harder for them to debank you or to remove you from the system or kick you out of your apartment. Because if you're cash, you're anonymous. Right. right. Remember that you've never not had the power. And that's, that's the other myth is that we've always been in charge and we've always had the power. We have to stop begging for stuff that we had back because we never really lost it. And that's the other myth that we have to break. Um, and, and I would say, I'm really big right now on something that they're putting a call for, and that is storytelling. So if you're a music, if you're a music engineer, artist, uh, start writing your songs and telling your story through songs. And we've got documentaries galore mm -hmm. right now, but if you're a filmmaker, then start writing stories. We've got to get back to storytelling. We are, uh, we have always survived on storytelling through the generations. And so we need to start making stories that, um, that means something in, in, in the form of freedom and truth. And I, I know the documentaries are valuable, but people love a good story. So start telling your stories. If you're a writer, write a script, write a book. Um, you know, if you're an artist, start painting, but stories and bringing back the arts. One of the arts is one of the first things to go. It's like the canary in the coal mine. So all of you artists out there, I am always making a call, get out there, start producing, find that creative, spirit that god gave you get your heart back and start creating and and um and speak from your heart to other people's hearts and this is this is how we start bringing things back mm -hmm. in the year 2000 all the hits jumped from love and relationships and in the year 2000 while we are looking at y2k all the songs became about drugs and sex and partying and that was intentional so they're capturing the minds through the arts we got to take the arts back and that's super important. Wow. I, I agree with you. Um, so are there countries in the world refusing to sign up for this crap? Because I know that is kind of the good news is that some places 
the as whole countries are not complying. Now, I was pretty disappointed to see that uh, this, who was that guy last night? He's accepted the green agenda, JT. We were, you know, we were, yeah, we were watching TV and, you know, and yeah. And so, so now he's, you know, he's signing up to the Paris climate accord or whatever. And right. totally betraying the people. Yeah. He, he, there was a, total dupe that one because he's he said he's going to eliminate the central bank he went back on that he wasn't going to sign up for the paris accord went back on that Zelensky was actually at his inauguration so tells you how quickly and easily people got fooled on that one. Ah, oh, so i mean um so from my perspective as a christian um we know that one of the things that the bible says is that in the last days you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark and so to, to all of us, we go, well, it feels like it's being set up. Now, most of us aren't worried because no matter what, we're going to heaven. We feel, we truly feel in the depths of our beings that our soul is sealed, that God's in control. Certain things are, are uh, deemed to happen. Um, when you're saying things like this, uh, this looks like the slow crunch into we might have a problem. Like maybe gold and silver is also a good thing to invest in at this time because at least you have it in your hands. There have been places and countries where they literally had knives and they would, um, someone would have a weigh scale and you would, you know, cut cut your piece of silver into a quarter or whatever. I mean, crazy stuff's happened, but it was, uh, it was a legitimate monetary, um, you know, like it, it worked. So maybe we, we do have to get smart, don't we? And keep supporting those banks that are refusing to comply with the nonsense. I, yeah. Um, you know, this is Jody's wheelhouse. I'll just get a little bit in first. Uh, you know, you've always, again, you've always had the power and the power lies with your vote. And I'm not talking about the rigged elections. I'm talking about your dollar. And we've always had the power if we stopped shopping at Walmart tomorrow or Costco tomorrow or Amazon tomorrow, you start taking down these global companies. Yes, it's going to cost you more to, to shop at local stores, but we have always had this power. We just don't use the power for some reason. And going back to what you're saying about God, there is no scenario that wins this without God. So, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing so many people finally coming to Christ and you were talking to them for years and years and years, and they're finally getting it. They're finally seeing. So there is an awakening happening in, in the good way, but I don't see unity happening without any kind of God heart uh, behind that. So any winning scenario for me has to include God. And that's the other thing that we have to look at. And that is what, what happens when we win? Everybody's talking about, you know, the Bible is fulfilling itself for sure, but there's gotta be a time when things reverse and, and you see that God wins in the end, right? You know, timelines aside, I don't know how long or short that's going to be, but if we were going to win this thing and, and get back to truth and good society and, and honesty and all that, what does that look like after we win? And nobody's looking at the scenario afterwards. Mm. And so what are we actually fighting for? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and the battle, I guess, would always be there, Chris, because the enemy's never going to give up, you know, nope. uh, the desire to, to steal from us, to kill us. Uh, the enemy's a murderer from the beginning. And, um, and so it, it wouldn't even end then. It's, it's, it's pretty much a fight for the rest of our lives for good. 
Pretty much, and, and that's one of the things that we also learned digging deep, deep, deep into these documents is a lot of this actually stems from the world depopulation conferences that they were holding. Um, we've gone back as so far as far as 1954, I believe. Um, and the Agenda 21 really stems from world depopulation. So everything they're doing is literally to get rid of God's creations, which is fantastic and, and miraculous in all in all ways you can think of to create their own um being transhumanism right this so get rid of the good people get rid of the god followers um and corrupt god's creation with transhumanism and if if they are successful successful on achieving each one of these goals then that is going to be the ultimate outcome for them is transhumanism. So people really need to learn their Bible, understand their Bible and understand that the earth is Satan's playground. It, it's not God's playground, it's Satan's playground. And we are God's creations put on Satan's playground and Satan is gonna do everything he can to corrupt God's creation because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. And when we're in full knowledge of that and understanding, then it's easier to pay with cash. It's easier to barter with people. It's easier to stand in your own person and say, no, I'm not going to comply. No, this is not right. No, this is not coming from a place of love. Um, and then all of these goals, they all sound fantastic on the surface. We want to eradicate uh, poverty. We want everybody to be educated. We want community and, and to end hunger and all of these things. But we can get that by choosing love. We can get that by, by reminding our, ourselves of God's moral compass that he set up for us. And we've got to keep coming back to that. And as long as we can keep coming back to that, we're going to win every single time because all they've got is a handful of corrupt people that are trying their darndest to pull all the strings. And when you cut those strings with love, they got nothing. And that's what we learned at this summit. They have nothing right. and we are dangerous to them and we are winning which has set them off the mark for their 2030 report card agenda yeah. they're not on target they are minimum 10 years behind if not more than that and i believe one of the governments actually said probably not till 2050 mm -hmm. did they imagine this and now we're starting to see you know lithium batteries exploding car fires happening things collapsing so all of their net zero agenda is starting to blow up on their face on mainstream media so more and more people are going whoa wait a minute Maybe I don't like this net zero thing. Maybe it's not as good as they think. And it's also making people look into manufacturing practices of the mining companies that mine the lithium batteries and mine all of these green goals that they have. And they're seeing that that mining actually isn't so green. And in fact, it costs far more energy um, that is considered not green in order to make the product that gives us even less green advantages back. So people are starting to call out the lies and you know, truth always has a way of floating to the surface. God makes sure of it. It's just a matter of who's going to be the first to bring it to the surface and then spoon feed it to everybody else. Well, that's really exciting news because maybe it's a it's a matter of buying time, which means that future generations, uh, you know, will be in this fight. And maybe we have to teach our children. We have to be diligent as parents to teach our children very well around the dinner table and around conversations that we have that this is the fight that you're in. 
This is the fight that we've had to face. And I guess we've just had an awakening to it because, you know, looking back five years ago, I don't know where you guys were, but I was living the dream. And I just couldn't even imagine people would say, well, I hope the Lord comes soon. And I'm like, well, why would he? <laughs> like nothing's very bad. It's pretty cool. You know, like we're, we buy everything we want. We've got lots of lattes. We're driving a nice car, living in a, a house. We have jobs. We can afford it all. And then boom, boom, boom. I, um, the, the Soji came in and then I started fighting that and then I lost my job. And it wasn't just a regular job. It was with a Christian organization and not because they didn't agree with me. They just didn't want the fight and, yeah. and they didn't maybe understand how critical I, I can't understand still to this day. Uh, however, God in his sovereignty moves us to exactly where we need to be. So I'm not right. upset at them. And I don't want anyone to be upset at the Christian organization that let me go. There's no reason to be upset at them. God moved me. God saw fit that I needed to be unbridled and unshackled. And I can't even imagine. I w that was only the beginning of what I wouldn't be able to talk about. I wouldn't have been able to talk about vaccines. I wouldn't have been able to talk about all kinds of things, you know, yeah. because it would just be too controversial. We're just here to do such and such. That's our mission, you know. And so right. now my mission is to kick the devil in the teeth every single day when I wake up and I get to, I get to with people like you. And so I know it's worth it, but five years ago, we were living in a place where I don't think we understood it. Then as we've had, like, did you guys understand this years ago? Like maybe you were smarter, Chris, and you know, Jody, maybe you had it, uh, uh, you know, in, in your mind that something was wrong, but I didn't, not until 2017, with the Soji. And then I went, something's really wrong. Like right. it's bigger than we know, but I don't know what it is. And, and then when COVID hit, I'm like, this is bigger than we know, but I don't know what it is. And then the UN agenda 2030 and then WEF and the WHO. And now it's like, blah, we get it. Pure evil everywhere. Yeah, no, I, I was living, like you said, I was living the dream. I was a single mom with three kids. I had a successful real estate brokerage. I was heavily involved in the community. I was a soccer coach. I played soccer and broomball and I volunteered in our local theater and, and I was heavily involved in the real estate associations. I was president of the association. I would, I lobbied the government for eight years on behalf of the association. So I really, had a great life and I knew a lot of stuff. And the crazy thing is, is looking back now, um, here I was in all these real estate conferences, traveling the world for real estate and talking one-on-one -on -one with our MPs and MPPs, having all these in-depth meetings. And they were talking about 15 minute cities, but I didn't know that that's what they were talking about because it sounded so amazing and getting back to community and all of these things that I remember as a child that were so, so great about being a child. And, and that's how they sold it. So I was snowed. And it wasn't until March 17, 2020, when I was heading to Florida with my kids on vacation, that something hit me that something wasn't quite right. When they were telling us we couldn't travel and they were shutting down stores, I said, I don't care. I'm going to Florida anyway. And I'm in Florida and all my friends are saying, get back, get back. They're not going to let you back in. And, and I'm sitting in this lawn chair beside this other lady who's reading and we're both reading and we ended up exchanging books and talking. And, you know, she opened my eyes 
only because she was the headmistress to a school that taught all the kids that uh, whose parents worked at the Wuhan laboratories. So I knew right then and there, I got the gospel truth from the people that were in the know that this was all garbage and it was lies. And then that's when it hit me, wow. something was wrong. And, and when I came back, I was in Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting because I was still president of the local real estate association. So I was in all these meetings with, you know, infectious disease experts and the government. And they're talking this, this crap is what I'm going to call it for lack of a better word right now. And yet I had this direct link to what was really going on as they're lying to my face. So I knew something more was going on and that's mm -hmm. when I started putting truth out. So I was very new coming into this, um, maybe old compared to a lot of people who are waking up now, but new compared to Chris and even yourself. Mm. Yeah. When no, did I you wake up, Chris? <laughs> long time ago, I, I long time ago. I think one of the first times I can remember was the Oklahoma City bombing. And uh, I remember watching live when a journalist said they're going down underneath the parkade now because they found more bomb packs. They're going to take them out now. And they had the bomb squad go in and remove the packs and pull them out from underneath. And so that obviously didn't go with the story that they were trying to tell us. Mm. Um, Right, because so so because the Oklahoma that was supposed to be one guy who drove in with a truck, right? Correct. Yeah, and the you're saying that wasn't it? No, I watched live as the reporter said they're going down underneath into the parking lot now because they found more bomb packs, and then uh, about a week later she reversed her story. But uh, she did it detail by detail. They went down with the robots. They got the packs. They pulled them out. And they were taking them out. And uh, she covered that whole thing. And then after that, she said, oh, no, I was mistaken. And she backed right off. But I watched it happen live. And that was the first thing that kind of went sideways. And then after that, it was two days later, two days later that the Senate introduced new legislation based on that bombing. And when have you ever seen Senate get something done that fast? They seem to use crisis in order to uh, jump and leapfrog their agenda, which they've done with COVID, which they've done with all kinds of, uh, you know, and anything that's a crisis is an opportunity for the government. They did it with the Freedom, uh, you know, 2022 convoy. Um, yeah. just nonsense, absolute lies and nonsense. And you can see that it's only on there. Look at the danger and the violence that's been erupting in Canadian streets with the uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas uh, rallies. And I say pro-Hamas because they are. They're completely, uh, yeah. you know, people say it out loud what they are supporting. And um, to understand uh, the mindset that's going on, you can see that it, they don't care about Canadian safety and, and all of that. They're just, they want to shut down whoever is against the implementation of the government 2030, 2050 agenda. Correct. That's yeah. a war that's being funded by the exact same people. And the only people who are, we should be siding with are those innocent children that are being blown up and caught in the middle of this war of money and greed and power. That's, Yes, it is. And, and, and the deep dive that I've been doing is understanding, too, um, what this means. So I saw a whole bunch of children. I follow Amir uh, Sarfati, 
and different people who are pointing out that um, and my, I had a fellow on, he grew up in Lebanon and his grandmother was Palestinian. And, uh, so he was explaining to me the mindset, the real true brutality that every child in, in the Palestinian, uh, you know, in, in their group, they're being taught to hate Israel and it's yeah. the hatred and what's hard for us. And I was thinking about it this morning, if I might say it this way. Um, sometimes the church is not very good at handling abusive men or women in the church. And yeah. the reason is because those good men can't fathom a bad man. They, they don't think yeah. like him. So mm -hmm. I went through a difficult situation. And uh, what I found was they weren't sympathetic to uh, difficult relationships because they didn't understand the mindset. And that's why we're having trouble in North America understanding the mindset. Because the Palestinian people, they were celebrating, cheering, and exuberant as the, as the Jews were being attacked on October 7th. There's yes. video of that. And the violent and sadistic sexual assaults against men and women, the children, and all of that, we have a hard time understanding it. We're like... Um, you know, who would be like this? It must just be like three people, you know, that are this bad. No, no, no. It's the whole mindset of the whole area. And that's why they didn't leave. That's why they didn't vacate Gaza with their children. I call them bad parents because let me tell you what I would do if I had my children anywhere near that I heard that somebody, good or bad, was going to bomb us. I would be out of there. Like, because I'm a mom and a mama bear, I would not be sitting there waiting for the bombs after being warned, after getting, you know, they've got these pamphlets dropped from the sky telling you, we're going to bomb, please get out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm about up to here with sympathy and I'm concerned about our country that now has these people. And you know what? It's your neighbor because here's yeah. the thing. I've had very, very in-depth conversations now with the people that have been here for many years, they're, they're Muslim Canadians, and I'm shocked about something, and I'm gonna say it out loud, and, and you don't bear any uh, burden for what I'm saying. It's, these are my own opinions. Um, when a Muslim Canadian is confused that Hamas is not a terrorist organization, we have a problem, because they're confused about it. Not all of them, but right. they can't even call Hezbollah a terrorist organization. Yes. And we have a problem because if they don't understand that you can't kill people because you don't like them, otherwise yeah. I might've killed several thousand, okay? I've been attacked <laughs> brutally. And I, I said at the beginning when my Bible says to destroy them, I just mean with paper and laws, okay? <laughs> but not killing. So if you're not clear that it's not okay to kill and rape and pillage and maim and, and, and torture children in, in, the, the, in Israel on October 7th, you're not clear that there is no, there is no, don't even make one single excuse for that. And then right. when you think, when you think that, you know, somehow Israel is the perpetrator when, I'm sorry, if Israel 
was my government and I had had the loss of my children or husband or myself, I would think that my government needs to protect me. And, and we're at that place now. Yeah, I mean, there's so many touch points there, isn't there? You know, we ran, um, yeah. we ran a story about how in the southern border of the U.S., they are bringing young males of fighting Chinese, age. Chinese, 26,000. Yeah. yeah, and they're not they're not Mexican, so they're not coming yeah. in from Mexico. They're East Indian and they're uh, Middle Eastern and they're African and, and Chinese so and Asian. Yeah, right. Yep. But they're all young males with no families. That's happening here. What's and happening? A, exactly. They're not refugees. No. Men go to war. Women and children become refugees. They run from war, but men run into war. Right. And the fact that you're not seeing any woman or child with these people tells you they're not refugees. What they're here is happening? For war. Right. And, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to just add on to yours. You know, I, I didn't realize how much of a problem we had until I saw thousands and thousands and thousands of men shutting down the streets in Toronto, praying to Mecca. And all of a sudden, Canada looked like a Muslim nation. And, and make no mistake about it. Did they get it. down? Did they bow? Oh, yeah. yes. The streets were completely shut down. Thousands. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say probably five to 10,000 of them right. shut down the streets of Toronto. Did they do prayers? Up. Like like when you say prayers, yeah. or do you mean Their they were, pro were down? Their oh, the carpets were down. down. They were, yeah. Thousands in the streets. And it made it look like Canada was all of a sudden a Muslim nation. And you know you can go back and forth on that part of it but they're all young men and there were thousands of them and at these protests the bulk majority are young men and make no mistake about it this isn't a protest these are a bunch of young men who've been activated now they've been sitting here waiting and they've been activated and we do have a problem yeah. yes we do and you know mm -hmm. a lot of people have been talking about this but they get called names they get called islamophobes you know <clears throat> and it's so funny because I'm surrounded by people of many ethnicities and religions because I, I just am a person that I want to talk. And my biggest shock, I want to just say this, everyone, Canada, and, and even Muslims that are listening, like, if we do not stand for common sense peace, God gave the Ten Commandments, okay? And in the Ten Commandments, he said, thou shalt not kill. Let's try to be people that don't hate. Let's try to, like, you know, it's this whole quest against the Jews. And I don't know that there's an answer to it because the Abrahamic Accords or anybody that tries to bring peace or you give them Gaza, you offer them the West Bank. Oh, no, nothing's good enough. They just want to kill the Jews. They just want Israel to be wiped off the planet. And I'm like, listen. Just let them have a piece of land, you know, like, let's find a solution, everyone. No, they just can't do that. And um, the, the Quran has something to do with that, I believe, as well. But I talk to my Muslim friends and I'm asking them very deep questions. And, you know, they're not very comfortable talking to me anymore because I'm very nice. But I'm saying, but what about this? Can you not see this? And actually, when I discern they can't, I'm alarmed. And I go, okay, so, so what's happening? How do we go back on all of this? How do we get a country back? This country was founded on Christian principles. Canada was founded 
on men who got to the shores, and I saw it in a book that is no longer available in school, but it's a, a book that cataloged the history of the, the pioneers that came over in the Quebec and the, you know, over on the East Coast, and they knelt down, and actually they were able to, uh, to befriend um, the, the First Nations that were there. There's stories and accounts of them kneeling and praying together. And, um, and now we have a nation that is, oh, multicultural, we've diversified, uh, we've, we've let all of these beliefs and, and systems in. I, do you guys see a way we get that back, Chris? That's a really great question. Um, again, it's, it's returning. I, I think God is a factor. Mm -hmm. uh, I think 2023, God has been revealing a lot of things and things are coming to the surface. People are actually seeing God for the first time. Uh, I think that's the restoration. I don't think that we have a solution per se to that. Uh, we have, we're duped in a lot of areas politically. I think there's a lot of theater going on. We have been demoralized. There's been a communist plot against this country for a very long time and, and they have gotten in, they've eroded morals and so there is there has to be a return to god i don't see a, a, any way forward without that uh you know and, and as far as what we saw in toronto let's just pull it back and and name me one other religion in canada that could actually do that same thing where they could shut down the streets with thousands of people in toronto and pray pray to God or, you know, uh, you know, the Jews definitely couldn't do it no. right now. We, I don't see the Christians. Christians are getting arrested in the streets. They're getting picked off like sheep just for oh, praying. If, yeah. If, if we all went down and, you know, bowed and had a prayer to God, I mean, I, you know, Trudeau would send, would call it an emergency or something and send the, the black suits out for us. I mean, that's what yeah. it feels like. I, I pray not, but, mm -hmm. but, and then the other part of it is too, is that Christians, in a way, have lost their way. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Thank you. Yes. You, know, you, you, yes. you can know the Bible backward and forward, but if you don't have discernment at this point, there's no point in knowing the word. There's no point. And we've watched so many churches fall because they put their faith in a government and yes. not God. I got into yes. fights with Christians. I said, this vaccine pass, it's its the mark of the beast stuff. And they go, well, it's not the mark of the beast. And I said, well, why are you helping create the system? Why are you helping with that? And you didn't use any discernment before you went and got your kids poisoned. And so churches fell down. And I had so much hope in the beginning. So this is the church's time. Yeah. They can rise forward and they can show people the way. This is their time to shine. And so, and not only did they not, we had one pastor in Victoria who wrote a letter to Bonnie Henry and he says, you're picking on churches, stop it. You know, you've got some sort of hatred for religion happening, stop. And seven other church pastors in our city wrote an open letter to apologize on his behalf. He's the only one who got it right. Blazing idiots. Really, we're, we're just surrounded. We're, we're, we're like, yeah. it's the people in the Bible that have a form of godliness, but, but they do not know the power they're with. They're not discerners of the times. We don't have men of Issachar today. I mean, the three of us are a good start. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, I mean, uh, we, we've got pastors. Um, there's a, a fellow in Edmonton, uh, a pastor out there. I mean, he's brought his uh, child, you know, up to the front, um, uh, he's he's um, having gay couples come in, and and this is like a, it's just really 
the losing what the word of God uh, gives us as God's, you know, platform and the, the foundation of good living. And we're not strong anymore. And maybe, maybe we're going to go through some trouble because we just can't get it together. Seeing all those people out on the streets in Toronto, Montreal, we had it here in Vancouver. I, I saw it actually during, um, we were doing a, a rally against Soji downtown. It was on the same day as there was some sort of Palestinian uprising. And so behind me, as we're doing this event down at the art center, I hear noise and I look over and there are thousands and thousands of people of, of different color. Um, and they're marching for the Palestinians. It had been something about Israel had just happened, some little skirmish. And I, mm. I, at that moment I went, what, where are the, where are they from? Like, where's right. the memo? Um, like who, how mm. did this all happen? And I went, wow. It's like they, they're organized, they're ready to go. And now um, this last week, they're calling for an antifada, like they're calling for a, uh, you know, everyone to, I'm, I'm not sure if they use the word jihad, but to prepare and to take North America kind of like. Right. Yeah, this is now the, the cornerstone for this knowledge is comes with the Alexander Pike letter. And it's a famous letter. It was written many, many, many years ago. I've had it in my possession for 30 years. Uh, and it, it lays out how to basically take over the world. And it was a it was an instruction manual for the Masons. It's a one or two page letter. But the end of it, he wanted he wanted to create worldwide World War Three by pitting the Christians against the Muslims. And after that, uh, people would be disillusioned with religion at which point they would come in with a humanistic religion and it would work for all peoples, which Nival Harari has just said he's working on with AI right now. And there's no coincidence that Christians and Muslims were marching together in the 1 million person march. Yeah. And then less than a week later, this happens. No coincidence whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. It's all planned. Right. It's like what a, um, and I loved it. I really loved that day to look. And I could see there was a bit of fear sometimes um, from, from the Muslims as we were joining together. And, and, you know, but I would look them in the eye and smile and know we're on the same side for the protection of our children against this stupid nonsense. And then, of course, you've got the queers for Palestine and and the, the, you know, all, all of this. They so honestly wow. do not understand what they're standing with like right now. Yeah, it's weird. I've seen Sorry. so many fights on social media between, <laughs> the, right. you know, standing with Palestine and Palestinian women explaining to them, I don't know what you're doing, but you would be beheaded in our country. Do you understand? <laughs> and they're going, no, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. We're not free till Palestine is free. And she's like, mm. You would be beheaded. You would be torn apart. You'd be thrown in jail. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This will never be in Palestine. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like the world's gone just a bit Looney Tunes, you know. But yeah. I, I do think what 
what you guys both say is, is true, that God is the answer. There is no answer outside of God. I think we all need to know we have to have preparation for where we're going to spend eternity and know that we've sealed our relationship with Jesus. I think that's important. I think we need to ask him for discernment so we're not, we're not like you said, Chris, the churches should not be helping to hurry up this agenda for the mark of the beast. We should be going down, fighting it for all, all we're worth and um, and trusting God to to help to keep us safe because he will keep us safe in, in times of trouble. Um, sometimes though, people are, you know, they do, they are the ones who make a, a sacrifice for for a cause, you know, and they stand for truth and, and it is truly what their life, you know, brings them to is a place where, uh, you know, different ones in times past have, had to pay with their lives. But we we pray that as we get knowledge and, and what you're discerning is the devil ain't as smart as we, you know, he's not as smart as God, okay? And he might be pretty smart, but I bet the devil gets frustrated with people too because they're so dumb, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's frustrated that some of us are too smart for him and we've caught right. on to his plan. And yes. we're spreading that plan as fast as we possibly can. Yes, and that's what you guys do every day. You spread the you spread the news, and some of this this is very hard to swallow. But you guys are um, you know you're putting the enemy on notice. You're going to expose, and we're supposed to be salt and light, like light. In I, I'll never forget being in an underground cave that was gigantic, and it was somewhere uh, my parents took us when we were little, maybe Oregon somewhere. I don't know. We went way down deep in this cage. This cave was huge and it was pitch black when all the lights were on. But all the guy had to do was light a tiny little flame and everything lit up. And the darkness was, it, it just vanished, you know? So imagine if we're all lights and we're all speaking the truth. I ask everyone to please share this video. Share, share, share. That's what's important. We're having trouble on Rumble. I know Rumble's been attacked maybe because I think they were yep. going to release some of the J6 footage. So they're probably on high alert to take them out because they give us such a great platform, as I'm sure you experience as well. Yeah, yeah. a lot of podcasters are having trouble with Rumble right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, numbers are disappearing. All sorts right. Of stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I used to like on Facebook, oh, I used to, the glory days. I mean, I would just be getting thousands and thousands of views for any live that I did. Right. And now it's 823. And I'm like, like, oh, you know, what's going on? Like, who do I have to talk to? Who do I have to bribe at Facebook? That's my question. Um, but <laughs> you guys have good stuff going on. Like you have a big new year's party that you're going to put on. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm working with the concerned constituents of Canada and we are helping Addison barbecue, which was for all intents purposes, the very first trucker who stood up for small businesses, he stood up and said no to the lockdowns. He said, no, I'm not going to make people wear masks. I'm not shutting my doors. Uh, if I comply with what the government's asking me to do anyway, I'm, I'm going to be out of business come 
come the winter. So I'm going to stay open. And if you want to support me, you can. And what ended up happening is the city of Toronto came down on his business with over 200 police officers. They brought in the horses that trampled over the crowd. They locked his doors. And this was his dad's building. They locked his doors. They charged him with all kinds of criminal offenses. They charged him with the Section 22 summons, which all these small businesses that stayed open ended up getting charged with and, and said he was unsafe. His little restaurant was unsafe. Meanwhile, Costco, which was literally 400 meters behind him, you walk across the parking lot, you're at Costco, was wide open with thousands of people inside. And that was fine, but his restaurant wasn't. So this was November 26, 2020. He has been fighting the city of Toronto. He they, they've sent him a bill for, I think it was like $200,000 for the police that they called in on him. Um, he's fighting criminal charges personally. And the CCOC reached out to Adam and said, listen, you've got a case that has national notoriety and could have massive impact for all of Canada if you fight this. Um, if you make the government prove that there was actually an emergency. So we have convinced Adam um, because of his barbecue to stand up and take the government to account and pose a legal challenge of the emergency. So we have six amazing experts that are testifying and have sent in affidavits on his behalf. The government has one expert and that expert did not refute our six experts witnesses stating that there was never an emergency that there's no evidence of an emergency and the lockdowns and masks and everything that happened from then on the rod cans the vaccines none of that um should have happened all of that was genocide and treason against the canadian people because there never was an emergency so it's super important that this legal challenge be funded the government has fought us at every step of the way they we've had fines in the courts that we had to raise money in order to even get a court date we managed to raise the forty-five thousand dollars worth of fines for the court date we got our court date back in august for october second or first second and seventh of 2024 within a week Week of being finally granted that court date, the province of Ontario dragged Adams and Barbecue back into the court, filing a motion for security of costs, which means if we lose in October, that we have the money to pay the, the province their, their costs that they're out to fight this. Um, it took the judge 10 weeks to decide to grant the government of Ontario security of costs. And they've given us from that date, and it was the beginning of November, they've given us 60 days from that date that the order came about to come up with another $32,000 in order to keep our court date of October 2024. So we are now behind the eight ball financially. We owe our Ian Perry, who is the lawyer representing Adamson Barbecue, we owe him over $15,000. So we decided New Year's Eve, it's a time where people typically will go out and spend a lot of money and not even blink an eye at it. So we've got a New Year's Eve gala happening in Toronto. We have a New Year's Eve gala happening in Windsor. We also have a Give, Send, Go set up. So we're asking people to please buy a ticket. Mark, Dr. Mark Trozzi is speaking at the Toronto event. Um, 
which is fantastic. We've reached out to a couple other people who are integral to Adam's case and hoping that they will also come and support the event and, and be a speaker at the event. Ticket sales have been slow and we have to confirm with our caterer and our rental place by December 21st at the absolute latest, our numbers. So it's mucho important if you plan on going out New Year's Eve and celebrating that you support these events, put your money, as Chris says, vote with your money, put your money behind this legal challenge because if we can get a court of law to legally say there never was an emergency, all the tickets, the fines, the charges, the section 22 summons, the arrive can tickets, the mask tickets, the vaccine injuries, they'll be able to go after the government. Anyone that's awaiting a court case or a trial, it'll be withdrawn or dismissed because there was never an emergency. Everyone who's already paid fines or been found guilty, those, those charges will have to be reversed if there never was an emergency. Our problem with the courts right now is because we don't have it legally stated that there's never an emergency, it is just taken for granted that everything that was done was reasonable based on an emergency that was never challenged. So it's mucho important for all of Canada that this suit, this legal challenge gets heard in the courts. We know we're probably gonna have to take it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada because the government is not gonna let this ride out and they've done everything they can to stop this challenge from being heard. So we need donors, we need people to donate either at the Give, Send, Go uh, backslash barbecue underscore rebellion um, or come out to the event, meet other like-minded people, celebrate and help raise money in a really fun, atmospheric way. Uh, both events have dinners happening. Both events have dances happening. Both events are going to have fun games to make the night really enjoyable. A lot of laughter, a lot of fun while we raise money to protect the Canadians of today and tomorrow and those who were charged in the past. Well, that sounds really like a great way to spend New Year's and uh, help a great cause. So uh, the two areas are Toronto and the other one was Windsor. 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 Okay. Both in Ontario. Yes. Absolutely it. wonderful. Absolutely so, wonderful. Thank you yeah, so much, thank guys. Thank you for uh, your information and also for your hearts, your spirit, the, the, uh, the call that you feel to to speak the truth, to dig into the truth. Um, I feel that same call. And so we're very kindred spirits. And I I just, uh, I wish you well. And let's do this again. And uh, keep the keep the peeps um, on their toes about what's coming down the pike. Sounds like a good plan. Most yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. Bless your hearts. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Chris. And God bless you. Thank you, Marlon. Thank you. you, you. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed them. I, uh, I really, I have such respect for uh, people who are willing to put their reputations aside and to just do the right thing, you know, because it needs to be done. I absolutely love that. And that's who they are. We have this video, we were talking about this Palestinian issue and um, we have a video of some kids. Is that one handy, JT? Um, and so this propaganda teaching death chants to children, they're ba basically singing about uh, death to Israel. And so this is, uh, sadly, is the, um, the mindset. This is the ideology. You hate to call it a religion that any religion would be propagating hatred. 
but this is the hatred that is being taught to children behind what's happening. So that makes it hard for us to truly understand it. Do you have that one? Okay, let's have a look. So millions of martyrs are marching to Jerusalem. Millions of martyrs are marching to Jerusalem. That's all they're saying. So what does that mean? Millions of martyrs, you know, martyrs are dead people. That makes me sad. That can be any uh, little boy born to a family and they're born into families teaching them to hate and to become martyrs. And as I was reading uh, an article on this, the writer was talking about the, the mindset being that you know, if you must give your life and your children in, in order to further a cause, um, you know, you get, a, you get a martyr's reward, basically, in eternity. And um, this is something Christianity does not teach. We do not teach that you get a martyr's reward for killing certain people. We're taught that you go to hell for that. This is the difference. And it's a stark one. So interestingly, in Canada, um, CPC MP Damien, is it Curic? Um, calls Justin Trudeau a liar in the House of Commons and is asked to leave. Mr. Speaker, I know for a fact that farmers are asking that minister to axe the carbon tax. That PM promised that the Senate would be independent, but the actions this past week prove that that is a complete farce. We know he bullied his senators. The PM himself was on the phone over the weekend telling them they had to gut Bill C-234. The Prime Minister lied and his minions continue to lie about whoa, whoa. same time I did knows full well that you can't use that word. Yeah. I would say the Honourable Member should retract that and apologize. The Honourable Member Battle River Crowfoot. Mr. Speaker, I will not apologize to that Prime Minister when he continues to lie about the impact of the carbon tax and the so-called independence of the Senate. I'm asking the Honourable Member to apologize for the second time and retract that word. The Honourable Member knows full well you cannot use that word in this chamber. So this is the last, uh, this is the last opportunity. The Honourable Member of Battle River Crowfoot, will you be retracting that? It's the truth. It's the truth. I will not apologize to the Prime Minister, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Curick, would you mind leaving us today? Well worth it. So does he just have to leave for the day? Oh, wonderful. Go have dinner. Yeah, so basically, yeah. Still get paid. Yeah, I still get paid. <laughs> so I'm going to get that Christmas bonus, I bet. Um, so you can't tell the truth. Uh, our prime minister is a liar. 
he is a uh, he he's a, a corrupt and compromised individual, and he likes that about China. He likes uh, the communist style of China, and he's done a miserable job of leading our country. And he's he's saying things, not following through, and when he's called on it, um, it is the truth. I understand you're not. I guess you're supposed to have decorum, right? You're not supposed to put anybody down. Uh, it's, this, it's just a big charade, isn't it? It's like a big theater. We think, just for the record, uh, most of us in Canada have lost all trust in all politicians. All of them. But I have to give it to Damien. You really made our day with that one. <laughs> I hope you got to go out and have a nice meal while everyone still had to work. I don't know, but hmm, do you think they're going to try to make him pay more? Like, he'll have to do something? See, he just gets kicked out for the day? Well worth it. You know, you got to pick your battles, and <laughs> if, you can take, if you can take the... He spoke the truth, so that's so interesting. China's PLA launches a large cyber attack against U.S. infrastructure. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have infiltrated critical services here in the U.S. Alexandra Hoff joins us now from our nation's capital. Alex, this is not good. No, it's not. I mean, this infiltration appears to be part of a broader effort to insert chaos into our logistical systems. The information collected could then be weaponized if the U.S. and China were to become engaged directly in the Pacific. According to reporting from The Washington Post, citing multiple U.S. and industry security officials, China's cyber army, army is invading critical U.S. services, like an attempt to break into the system behind Texas's independent power grid. Other victims include a water utility in Hawaii, a West Coast port, and at least one oil and gas pipeline according to that report you're seeing there. Brendan Wells, executive director of the Department of Homeland Security Cybersecurity Agency, told the Washington Post this, quote, It is very clear that Chinese attempts to compromise critical infrastructure are in part to pre-position themselves to be able to disrupt or destroy that critical infrastructure in the event of a conflict to either prevent the United States from being able to project power into Asia or to cause societal chaos inside the United States to affect our decision-making around a crisis. The report notes that over the past year, hackers affiliated with the People's Liberation Army in China have accessed the computer systems of about two dozen critical entities. Oh, fantastic. Everything is fine. Nothing to see. Everything is fine. Um, yeah, let's just play it. That Laura Ingram thing. I know we're kind of getting long. I, I just want to show you again. We, we played this the other day. It's so important. And we talked about it with uh, Jody and Chris today. What's happening in the southern border? This is, it's just worth a replay. Take a look. Why are so many Chinese nationals crossing our southern border? What are their intentions? And why is no one talking about this? Check this out. In fiscal year 2023, more than 24,000 Chinese nationals were arrested by Border Patrol. That's more than the years of five years previous combined. Wow. Now, the New York Times says that many of these Chinese nationals fly into Ecuador, then pay smugglers to guide them through the dangerous jungle between Colombia and Panama en route to the United States. Well, does the group in this video look like they just trek for weeks through the jungle? How do they all get those rolling suitcases through? And who's really facilitating their trips? 
There's something going on here, and the Biden administration does not seem the slightest bit concerned. One final thing, Canadian Firearm Registry website is hacked with hilarious results. Do you still trust the government to keep your data safe? So, oh, that's fast, JT. I didn't get to read it. Like, firearms buyback program. That's not what matters? Okay. Okay, jeesh. I'm going to have to try and read that. Trudeau for prison. <laughs> I'm with Fire Trudeau. <laughs> Fire Trudeau. Ah, Charlton Heston, Zelensky Inc., Rob Ford, Crack Fund, Communist Get Bent. Okay, so what, what are these? Explain, please. Put your mic on. Put your microphone on because no one can hear you. Okay. Fake companies that want to buy back the thing, but they hack the Fake companies that want to buy back the thing, but they want to buy back the. The. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the people that um, are registering to have their firearms bought back. Basically, okay, so they're going to be in lots of trouble. Thank you for joining us. My website is laurelin.tv. Uh, we enjoy uh, being here with you. We don't en always enjoy all the information that we have to bring to you because it's a little bit alarming. And sometimes I, you know, I wonder, like, you know, uh, maybe we should just not talk about things and, you know, I don't know. Maybe if we don't talk about it, it'll go away. But I think that we actually need to. And when we have knowledge, then we have discernment. When we have discernment, we can judge rightly as to our next steps, what to do, how to stand. Imagine if uh, all of the churches that we talked about had had correct information sooner or had listened. I don't know how churches missed information about the vaccines. I don't, I mean, it just wasn't out there enough, I guess. And, you know, not everybody watches our show. In, in that regard, please share, 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 share. We're also gonna do something um, to, to make um, our show like in, be into smaller bits. And that is that one of our producers is gonna cut down some of the segments so that they're just in like eight to 10 minute sections on things that we talk about so that we can put those out and up onto rumble so you can share a short section because we know people like the short stuff uh we have asked if we should go shorter every day and people are you know the jury's out on that people really like our long format and i'll tell you who really likes is is podcasts and by the way podcasts didn't we get some we did really well right jt it was a huge amount of downloads uh podbean was congratulating us yeah, over for all time. Was it how much, like, it was half a million. We broached the half a million mark. So we're, we're really happy about that. Every single day, like, if you can't grab the show here, but you'd like to go on to Podbean, or what are some other um, places? Spotify? Okay. And you can get the show and then download um, download it to the... To, to your phone, and you can listen as you travel. So back to the website, laurelin.tv. Thank you very much. Uh, many of you might not know that we are actually a charitable organization. So when you donate here, you get a tax receipt because we talk about God's infusion into the world, and we bring the great story that Jesus is the answer 
and that he is the way that we get through this. And we encourage you to make sure that you put him on the throne of your heart. And it's so easy. And you know, he'll never jump in and, and sit on the throne of your heart if you don't invite him. The only, the only being allowed into that very important place in, in your soul is, um, has to be someone who's invited. And it's a funny thing. When you don't invite God, it does seem like the enemy will try and take that position because the devil is not polite. He is not a gentleman. And if you give him an inch, he will take a mile. And if there's a wedge into the, you know, the throne area of your heart, he will squeeze in there and he'll try to take authority over what's going on in your life. And so we just encourage you to make it, um, to make it very important that God would be the ruler. And if you are able to help us, if you like this kind of programming, you can see that button there on your screen and it says donate now. And, uh, uh, I never, I was never done JT. I wasn't finished. So, uh, donate now. All you have to do is, um, is, uh, go in there and you can donate anonymously. You don't even have to say who you are. I will never know. And I just got a letter and I have to respond to them today. And they said, you talk about the anonymous donors and, you know, we just don't like having our name out there, but um, that they are, they are anonymous donors. And so I'm going to be sending you a thank you note and an email. I appreciate that you let me know because really I do want to know. I mean, if you can do that, you know, just send me an email at laurelynlive at protonmail.com. That would be wonderful. Um, it really helps. It keeps the lights on. This is costly to us. This is our whole life. So everything we do, we do for you. We do so that we can get the truth out. And it is like, it's like a startup business, basically. We were down to the last two months of mortgage left in 2020, 2019. And um, uh, JT had been laid off from his longtime producer production job in another uh, organization. I had been laid off and what we really needed was to find a way to, you know, to uh, have a career in something else. And that wasn't coming very easily. So we just started doing this and then COVID hit. We started telling the truth. So when you help us, you are contributing to something that gets information to the whole world. We are being salt and light. We are following the Great Commission to do that. And people do find the Lord. Do you know how many people have told me that because I read from my Bible, they have gotten a Bible. Um, people love that I read from my dad's Bible as well. And we hope that above all, you find the truth in your life and you do get an income tax receipt. You might be thinking about ways to uh, get um, some extra you know, tax receipts for year end. Well, we can help you with that. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our, of our hearts for supporting that work. And we just want to leave you today. Um, I want to talk to you about the faith of the centurion. And this, this story is found in Matthew 8, verse 5. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come? and heal him? Wouldn't that be cool? 
If you're going through life and you're like, Lord, something's really wrong. You know, someone in my family is sick or, or my servant is very, very ill. Can you help us? And, and you hear these words from Jesus. Oh, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just come and heal him? Heal your son or your daughter? Heal your spouse? Heal you? Is that what you want me to do? I love that. Like when Jesus says, woman, what can I do for you in another passage? Here he says, shall I come and heal him? Wow. The centurion easily could have said, yes, yes, please, please come, come, come. But he understood something in that moment. And that's how he ended up being in the Bible. He understood something far greater than the fact that Jesus could walk a little bit, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't know how far it was to his home. He understood something else about who he perceived Jesus to be. So he says, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. He already was paying the Lord a lot of respect there, wasn't he? He already knew, I don't know exactly who you are, but you are some kind of amazing. And obviously this centurion had heard that he had been healing people, lepers. All of the, the spots on the lepers had left when Jesus prayed for them. He'd heard that blind eyes had been able to see again, that deaf ears had been unstopped. This centurion knew this Jesus, this is epic. Something is going on that's outside of normal human realms. And he said, I don't even deserve for you to come to my home. But if you, Lord, would just, this is what he says, if you would just say the word, my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Do you know that God just needs to say the word in your situation? Sometimes it seems like he's taking a long time. But understand this. If Jesus says the word to calm the storm, peace be still, he said to the storm. If he says the word, if he says one sentence in your direction, it shall be changed. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's sickness, if it's a, a health concern, a relationship issue, if it's about money. Understand this, that if Jesus just says the word in your direction, everything will be changed. That's all he has to do. The key is, do you have the kind of faith of the centurion? where you know, Lord, I'm not even worthy for you to talk to me or be in my home or be in my situation. But God, if you will just say the word, then it shall be done. And Jesus said the word and that servant was healed. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. 
Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.